Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so today I've lecture in about an hour and <laughs> just before that I'm going to wake up by looking at Job chapter 2. So hello and welcome to the Daily Bible Reading Show. We are looking at Job chapter 2. Again, there was a day when the sons of God, sorry, the sons of God, the angels, came to present themselves before the Lord. So they're coming before God, you know, like a king. You know, they present themselves like um, they've been summoned, that kind of thing. And Satan also came among them to present himself before the Lord. So the angels, they are summoned, but even Satan has to attend this meeting. It's almost like parliament. Is that, is that a fair kind of picture? You know, you think of God presiding over all his MPs. There's the ruling government, all the angels, but then Satan turns up. <laughs> and I think this is by design. You know, God rules over his entire universe such that he even rules over the opposition, over those who are um, rebelling against him and causing trouble for him. You know, he is still God before them. Verse 2, And the Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, from walking up and down on it. Shows his influence, I guess. He goes everywhere. You know, he looks at everything on the earth to find evidence to accuse people of. That's the meaning of his title. Satan means accuser. Verse 3, And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. My goodness, you know, the kind of CV, the kind of LinkedIn page that Job has, and God is commending Job. You know, No one is like this guy. No one is as blameless and upright as this guy, Job. And he intentionally singles him out before Satan, almost like a challenge. Hey, you know, what can you do? You know, what can you, <laughs> you know, yes, you know, you might point out the faults of other people, but this guy, you know, what can you do against this guy? And God says, verse three, he still holds fast his integrity. Ah, you think of, the word integrity and you think of the number one, the integer one. So Job is the same guy through and through. And we're not talking about the same guy, you know, on and off camera. Um, although there's an integrity there, you know, being yourself on and off YouTube or Instagram. But no, Job is the same guy. He has integrity in blessing and even in loss. Yeah, yeah, he holds fast in his integrity. He still praises God in every situation of life. And he says, although you incited me against him to destroy him without reason. Verse four, then Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin, all that a man has, he will give for his life. But stretch out your hand and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse you to your face. Ah. Interesting response from Satan to counter 
God's commendation, God's praise. You know, God is such a fan of Job. He says, hey man, this is just surface. And that's the idea of the skin for skin. And Satan says, says you need to go lower. You need to stretch out your hand and touch his bone and his flesh. So not just on the surface, not just the skin. And this is talking about how, you know, it's a quite a big deal. You know, this skin for skin reference is referring to chapter one, when Job lost, well, everything. He lost his family, you know, all his kids died. He lost every single penny he had, destroyed, some stolen, destroyed by fire from heaven. <laughs> and everything is gone. But even so, Satan is saying that's just on the surface. But his own life. That's what matters to a man. He says, all that a man has, he will give for his life. Yeah, and so it's a challenge. You know, Satan is almost saying, you need to hit Job harder by hitting his life. And God says, he's in your hand. You know, go for it. And so this is how the wager, the bet begins between God and Satan over Job's integrity. Okay, so verse 7. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job. Uh, he struck him with loathsome sores from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took a piece of broken pottery with which to scrape himself while he sat in the ashes. So he's struck with this disease uh, that covers his skin with sores. And I'm wondering why he's taking this piece of broken pottery uh, to scrape these sores, maybe it's just so disgusting or painful or uncomfortable that he's doing this and sitting in ashes as well. Um, maybe a sign of his mourning and, and, and just how broken he is as a man. Yeah, maybe. So you know, Satan struck him you know, with this disease that hits him physically. Mm, interesting. Verse 9. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. Oh, his own wife says that to him. You know, sailor. <laughs> Just die. What, what's the point of still trusting in God? What's the point of still being a Christian when you have this horrible disease, when you look disgusting, when you are so much in pain? You know, why trust in God? Why think that God still cares for you? That kind of thing. And it's one thing for you to say that in your head. Um, I think it's quite another when someone whom you love, someone who's close to you, uh, tempts you in this way. Verse 10. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women would speak. Shall we receive good from God? And shall we not receive evil? Uh, in all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Wow. And I guess this represents yet another striking of Satan, another temptation of Satan. So Satan already struck him with these sores. But here is a deeper sore, one that comes from a close friend that tells you, you know what, it's not worth it. It's not worth it trusting in Jesus, being a Christian, when it's cost you everything you have, even your life. You might as well just abandon God. 
And uh, it's a real temptation. And uh, yet, um, I think I think before we go to Job, you know, it's it's uh, you know he is as the model answer. You know, it says you know you know shall we receive only good and not cursing from God, uh, uh, not evil from God? Sorry, um, but I think just acknowledging that this is so real. Yeah, um, the temptation to abandon God when it's tough, when it's painful. When you feel the evil inside of you, you know, evil is not just something that you read in a newspaper, it's something that people do outside and deserve to go to jail for. But when you experience pain, when you have something like cancer, you know, uh, what it feels like is internal evil, internal wrong. Why is this happening to me? And just acknowledging just how hard that is. I think already um, the Bible. Um, acknowledges that it says you know that is not easy and that will happen even to the most godly of people but job's answer is the model answer and i think also it's not easy it's not easy for him to say shall we receive good from god and shall we not receive evil it's a helpful perspective but it is a very difficult one. And I think it's one of those things that you can only say if you've received evil. <laughs> not through a podcast, not even from a doctor, but it is the perspective of a patient that when someone who's going through such intense loss and brokenness still says that, you know what, you know, I accept this from God. I think you realize that this guy really does believe in the thing that he's believing in and that the God that he trusts really is God over his life. I think there's a certain integrity in that. It's not meant to be prescriptive. I'm not saying that when you go through this, you need to say this. But what I'm saying is that, well, Christians do say this. There are people who go through things in life that do not make sense, that, that you think, hey, you know what, um, this is the perfect occasion to drop all your faith, drop your Christianity, and yet they hold on to it even more. And I think when you encounter people like this, you realize just how real it is. God and His majesty and His sovereignty and His goodness and His grace, how real all those things are in the midst of death and pain and injustice and suffering you know it makes the good all the more real when the evil is right in front of our eyes okay all right um verse 11 now when job's three friends heard of all this evil that had come upon him they came each from his own place eliphaz the temanite uh, bildad the shuhite and so far the neamathite they made an appointment together to come to show him sympathy and comfort him. So his buddies hear that Job has been suffering, is going through a bad time, and as friends to say, hey, let's meet up, let's go to Job, let's comfort him. Verse 12, and when they saw him from a distance, they did not recognize him. And they raised their voices and wept, and they tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads towards heaven. Wow. Okay. They did not recognize him. <laughs> he did not look like Job. He did not look like, like their friend. 
And I think、um, there is an element of surprise there, you know, maybe because they knew him only ever as the Christian who was blessed, only ever the, as the Christian who was always praising God, raising his hands in church, that kind of thing. And this picture of Job just shocked and surprised and broke them. And they raised their voices and wept. You know, they themselves joined in this mourning over their friend. And they sat with him on the ground seven days and seven nights, and no one spoke a word to him, for they saw that his suffering was very great. I got a question、um, a few days ago about、um, how to encourage a friend like this. You know, you see a friend who's suffering, going through great pain. And I think,、uh, forgive me if I don't get the wording exactly right, I think the question was how do you encourage them that God is still、uh, good? That God is still God. I think that was the sense of the question. And、um, maybe you don't actually have to say anything, but maybe to enter into their suffering. I think a friend、um, brings that relational aspect that really helps to comfort someone who is going through suffering. Because, you know,、uh, what pain does and what evil does is it disconnects you from everyone else. You know, when you experience pain,、uh, it doesn't even have to be intense pain. It can be just a toothache, you know, or a headache. You know, you think that you're the only person who's going through this. You're experiencing pain as evil that is inside of you, that's internal, that makes you think that you are alone in this experience. And coming as a friend alongside someone who's going through that reminds them that they are not alone,、it、reminds them that. Um, this is not something that they have to keep inside of themselves. And again, you don't have to say anything. In fact, you maybe shouldn't. And、uh, just crying with someone and mourning with someone does so much good already. Now,、um, those of you who've read the book of Job know that these friends are not like the best friends to have around. If anything, they are called miserable comforters. But at least at this stage, when they say nothing, I think this is still early in the day, and this is still something that,、uh, that maybe was not so bad. I think, I think this, is, this is one thing that they did that, that was actually helpful saying nothing, coming to a friend, being with them in their suffering. And can I encourage you that if you are going through this, that、um, God is with us in our suffering? And、that's the one unique thing about the Christian God, about Jesus, in that you know, Jesus came to take on our humanity. He became fully man, he is fully God. But the way that he took on our humanity was by taking on our weakness. You know, he humbled himself, he was despised and rejected, he took on our sins and our death. And so, one thing Jesus is able to do very, very personally is identify with us in our pain. He knows everything we're going through. And more than that, he's able to take our pain upon himself. Yeah, okay,、um, let's pray.、Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much that、um, we can be silent before you and we can come to the cross. And we can see the stripes that are on Jesus. 
and the pain that he endured for our behalf. Lord, I know that this only makes so much more sense when we endure pain. And it is so hard to do this sometimes because you want to draw away from you. But please, uh, in your mercy and in your love, during those moments, would you come to us? Uh, would you pour out your comfort into our hearts by your Holy Spirit and remind us that you still love us? Uh, in Jesus' name, amen.